Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Will, coming back for a new episode, Feel No Fridays, powered by Yamaha Outdoors and their proven lineup of ATVs and side-by-side off-road vehicles. On this week's episode of the Hunt Stand Edge, we're into part three, and we're still talking more pro whitetail features. And specifically, we're going to be talking about the whitetail habitat map and the crop layer and what these two can do to, again, maximize your time in the woods and help you be more efficient and basically in the gist of it i'm not going to get into the details of it but these two layers will help you narrow down your search on a new piece of property whether that's public land or private so not going to get into it too much in all the details josh and i are going to get into that but we just want to thank all y'all for tuning into the hunt stand podcast all the support we've gotten has been awesome from y'all so if you can or if you haven't yet make sure you rate review subscribe follow the podcast on all your different listening platforms we appreciate the support and if you haven't make sure you got the hunt stand app downloaded of course we got free and pro and if you want to unlock all the features of hunt stand upgrade to pro whitetail today but we're gonna get right to it with myself and josh now i want to get into a couple of the other features that pro whitetail offers and Two of them, we've talked about a little bit in the past, but I want to kind of talk about them here, and that's where we have our whitetail habitat layer and our crop history layers. So how have you kind of used those over the past year since we've had Pro Whitetail, you know, especially if you're looking at new areas or you just picked up a new lease, how people could look at this or a new farm and just kind of talk about the... I'm going to use a Brian Murphy word here, the minutia behind it all. <laughs> well, so with those two particular map layers uh, in general, um, when it comes to any type of e-scouting strategy, I think it's always important if you're starting fresh with a new spot, especially if you're going to be traveling somewhere that you've never been before, that you've never laid eyes on, a whole new area, whether it's public or private, it doesn't matter. Uh, I can't stress enough how important it is to work from the top down. So you need to start top of funnel and then narrow things down through a whole process. I mean, that's ideally you give you enough, you give yourself enough time to go about it that way. Yeah. And with the tools that we offer, you can even do that. Like 
you can speed up that process quite a bit. Like mm -hmm. you're going on a hunt. Do you need to spend two weeks e-scouting? Well, ideally you would give yourself time and you would do that. But if you end up in a pinch or let's say you go to somewhere, it sucks. And then you decide you need to go somewhere else. You need to start over again. You're going to be doing that on the fly. Yeah. So starting from the top down with your e-scouting, I think is a really important concept. And so the whitetail habitat map is just a really nice, easy, fast way for you to look at it and look at a new area and start to identify some of those, those regions within the region, I guess you want, you would want to say, um, to try to narrow that down. So like you look at things from a macro perspective with that, it'll show you the suitability, the general suitability of the habitat for mm -hmm. whitetails. And then that'll allow you as your starting point to figure out where you want to narrow in to specific areas down to the point where, you know, in the end, you're going to be putting up tree stand or a ground blind. You're going to be sitting there. You'll have yeah. it down that far, but it's a great starting point with that whitetail habitat map. And um, the talk about the colors behind them, because I know that's a question we got asked a lot after we launched this, you know, there's the blues, the reds, the yellows, the greens. Talk about, you know, what indicates those higher um, whitetail habitat suitable areas, if you will, to give them that starting point. Like, what's the better color to look at? Yeah, so it is color-coded, um, and it kind of goes from, like, a blue bluish-green scale to a red scale. And really what you're going to see is the most obvious pockets that have the you know just based on what the what the map provides the most obvious pockets that are probably going to have the best combination of factors to be suitable for whitetails to be living mm -hmm. um those are going to be the hot spots on the map so Red. the reds yeah so so to simplify it it kind of goes from that blue scale to the to the greens to the yellows to the oranges to the reds and the reds are kind of like what are likely to be those hot spots so it's a heat map essentially yeah um and again from that macro perspective like you can have the map zoomed super far out and you're able to just zone in on what are likely hot spots you know you can kind of mark up a bunch of those in hunt stand and then go in and further analyze them with some of the other tools now to to kind of work as a sidecar with this is the other map layer that you mentioned, which is the crop history. Yep. So if you are in an area that has consistent agriculture and especially those food sources that we know whitetails love um, and they, they love uh, seasonally, you know, the corn and beans is kind of the easiest one to point to. Mm -hmm. Beans are usually good early in the season. And if they stay in the ground later in the season, not so much in, the, in that middle period. Yeah. Uh, Corn, you know, corn is, it, it accomplishes a number of things, but it acts as cover in a lot of areas, especially if you're hunting in some of those more sparse areas where you're like going after Western whitetails or just bigger open country where there are small woodlots or creek bottoms lined with just a, a limited number of trees. Those deer are laying out in any piece of cover they can find, just like how a, a more like how a mule deer would mm -hmm. on that open country. And so if you can identify some of those places like you you have to think about corn as more than a food source now that's just referencing beans and corn that's a good one to point to though because a lot of times those will be in a rotation so farmers will ro rotate corn and beans year to year so 
Sometimes you can get a, a general prediction of what it's likely to be. So if it shows that there was corn there last year, there's a decent chance there's going to be beans there this year. Um, it's something to consider. If it's if it's alpha alpha, there's a really good chance that it's going to be that every year. You know, they're going to be they're going to be using that as feed for their cattle, or you know, even if it's just lower quality stuff, they might be using it for bedding for their cattle. But a lot of times when you see those alfalfa fields, those are going to be consistent year to year. And those are, I mean, that clover is, is always a, a pretty, it's a pretty consistent food source for deer. I mean, there, there are times when they focus on it more, but especially if there's nothing else around, like you get out in Western Nebraska or Montana or some of those areas where there's just miles of nothing. And then there's a big pivot with an alfalfa field the deer are going to be there like every oh, yeah. day oh, clockwork because yeah. it's just it's just they have a lot limited a lot more limited uh options for feeding so that's another one of those that's good from a macro perspective as you're as you're just trying to get that first snapshot of an area it's like all right whitetail habitat where are they likely to live okay they're likely to live here well, okay there's some crops there what type of crops are there um in what proximity to where I can hunt are those crops? And you can start to, to visualize if you're, if you are playing that game of destination food sources, especially like early in the season and late in the season, when they go back to that strict bed to food pattern, um, that'll help you fast track trying to, uh, trying to assume where those deer are going to be going from bed to food. Yeah. And if it's a, de if it's a destination food source in, in one of those areas, that's more sparse, like I mentioned in some of those Western states, those deer will travel some pretty significant distances sometimes to get to those fields. And then they'll be out there all night. So what that means is, I mean, yeah, you could catch them when they're leaving to go out there, but even if they head out there after shooting light in the evening, there's a decent chance that if you're in the right spot in the morning, you're going to catch them coming back because mm -hmm. a lot of those deer won't leave those food sources until the sun starts to crack. And then by then it's shooting light. And I've, I've even seen deer where it's all of a sudden, like they realize what time it is and they're like, Oh no, it's, it's like, I've been out here too long and they'll just take off and they'll run or they'll hurry back to where they came from. Cause it might be a mile away. Um, but then, What's cool about that is you, as you zone in on your strategy for something like that is uh, you can use the satellite imagery and the 3D to look at the terrain because those deer aren't just going to go running across an open flat. They're going to use every little nook and cranny that they can have to get back to where they're going. And sometimes that can be super obvious, like it just might be one ditch that goes from a field back to a woodlot. Yeah might just be the most subtle little rolls in the terrain that they're going to use. And I guarantee you, once you put boots on the ground, you go to some of those little subtle spots that you find on the aerial imagery and you are going to find deer trails on them. Oh, it's just a matter of when they're using them. Absolutely. And I mean, it's like to touch on what you said earlier, it's, it's just a great, these are both great tools to give people that good starting point, especially for those guys that are going up public land whitetail chasing. Like it, it gives you, kind of a good focus area. And I feel like another important thing to speak on with this is the thing to keep in mind with these two layers is they don't take into consideration or factor in 
the management that you've done on your piece of property. And what I mean by that is, you know, our own Brian Murphy, you know, he has a piece of land in Georgia that historically it's kind of been in an area where deer, you know, the numbers haven't been that great, just hasn't been the best. But over time and over the years, Brian's done a lot of different things to manage his property, to just kind of cultivate this really good buck haven, buck paradise, whatever you want to call it. And so it may not always kind of go down to that micro level, like what you spoke about, you know, like it may not necessarily, it probably won't pick up if you've got like this tiny little micro plot in the middle of a tree thicket or something like that, that's got, you know, let's say radishes or something like that. And it's, it's the crop layer isn't going to pick up on that. And whitetail habitat layer may not pick up on things that you've done specifically to your place. So those are two key things to, to talk about as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is like, this is no different than like you go to do homework, at least old school style. And, you know, you're going to sharpen your pencil and you're going to grab a clean notebook to start your homework. Like it's a good starting point. Yeah. And then as you continue to work down to more granular, granular level and you're building out your outline, um, you know, that's just, that's just a matter of how much work you're willing and able to put in. And, uh, you know, like when you're looking at some of this macro stuff, um, a lot of times you're going to be doing this in places where you're going to be traveling to. So you're trying to get all your, as much e-scouting done as possible because it's not feasible for you to get there and see it with your own eyes. Mm -hmm. But one bit of recommendation I have is once you think you've got an area or a couple areas figured out from the e-scouting, and it's, you're still not going to be able to go there until your hunt. The buck doesn't have to stop there. Yeah. Don't be bashful about literally calling people in the area. Even I've called local businesses to get like super, super accurate weather forecasts when I've gone on hunting trips before. Hmm. Like to the point where it's like, oh, uh, it looks like this area is being hit with a bunch of snow or it's going to be below zero that's what the weather forecast says but like how serious is it how much snow is there is there ice like what do i need to prepare for as i'm driving there i'll call like a hardware store or a bar in a small town and i'll i'll ask the bartender or i'll ask the person at the hardware store like hey what's really happening there right now so like when it comes to the scouting perspective um you know there are certain opportunities where you can like just try to connect with somebody locally. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to pick up the phone, but even with like Facebook groups and stuff like that, like you might think an area is a certain thing. And then no matter how much e-scouting you do, every once in a while, you'll hit a dead spot where you get there and you're like, man, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Yep. And so like, don't just, don't just look at things and be like, oh, there's trees. Looks like there's crops here. I'll be good. Like, Take it as far as you can, but this is a really good starting point. Yeah, yeah, definitely two really good layers to to key in on. All right, y'all, there you go. Hopefully you'll be able to take one or both of these features and help it up your game in the woods this fall. You know, it's September is already halfway over. Before we know it, it's going to be Halloween, and the next thing we know, the rut's going to be here. So 
Use these two in addition to what we've discussed over the past two weeks and help it maximize your time in the woods and help you be more efficient. So we just want to thank all y'all for tuning in this week's episode, Field Note Fridays, powered by Yamaha Outdoors, and we'll see you on the next one.